Oh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud around the throne. Praise God. It's going to be the sound of all the saints and all the angels worshiping him and giving him the praise and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, turn to somebody and tell them I could do that all night long. And go ahead and be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you just got to stay with it till you get in. You know what I mean? Whether it's praying in tongues, whether it's praising God, you got to praise him and pray in tongues until you get in past that head. You know, Jesus was crucified at the place called Golgotha, which was called the place of the skull. So if you'd crucify that skull, you'd get into your spirit. And that's the place where the power of God resides. That's the place the life of God moves. That's the place where the forces of life come from. Amen. You just got to push on in. Because your flesh don't want to. And you got to get it moving. Boy, just make it sit down and be quiet. And you just go on and worship God. Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's open up to Genesis chapter 2 this evening. And uh, we should get done by the time we get to the book of Revelation. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But I'll have you out by 12. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Father, we honor you. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. You're so worthy of all praise and adoration. There's none like you, Lord God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, where would we be without you? Our feet would be burning in the fire right now. Oh, but you have delivered us and set us free. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to have free choice, to choose Jesus into our life. That free choice was for nothing other than to choose Jesus into our life. It was worth it for changing our eternity from hell to heaven, changing our destiny from death into life, delivering us out of judgment, bringing us into the kingdom of your dear son. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you so much. Lord, as we approach your word this evening, help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to us tonight. Help me, Lord, to say the things you would have me to say, the way you want me to say them, to get across what you want to get across so that your people would hear, would receive, take hold of, and move it into their life. That as Jesus was the word that became flesh, we are in the flesh becoming more and more of the word. Not just knowing it in our head, but working it, practicing it, and experiencing it. For that word of truth, will make us free 
as we experience it, practice it, and walk in it. Father, we thank you for that. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, he says here, and, and we're probably not going to talk about anything new tonight that you don't already know, that you haven't already heard, but you need to set yourself right now to hear it again for the first time, that it be fresh, a fresh word. Amen. Pastor Tim. It says, the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That breath of life we know is the spirit of life that went into man. Isn't that right? And man became a living being. And the picture, of course, is that out of the dust of the earth, man created the form, uh, God created the form of man, which was in his own form. We are in the form of God. And it was created the form of man, but he was like a mannequin. You know, you ever walk in a department store and come up on a mannequin and it scares you because you think it's a person, but he can't hit you, can't touch you, it's a mannequin. And that's what man was when God formed him from the dust of the ground. He was a mannequin, but then he breathed into him the spirit of life and that mannequin came alive because we are a spirit being. When the word of God is planted into you, it is planted into your spirit. Isn't that right? When you were born again, you were born again of the imperishable seed. That seed is the word of God in your spirit. And that's what changed your nature from the nature of the devil to the nature of God. That's what brought you out of darkness into light. That's what delivered you out of the pit of hell into the highest of heavens. That life. Isn't that right? That imperishable seed. And that seed, when you got born again, that seed in you is to continue to grow so that that which is in you works to the outward. And it's a great life. Isn't that right? Amen. Adam, of course, was created in the image and likeness of God. And that image and likeness is a spirit being. When John, uh, Jesus spoke to the woman at Jacob's well in John chapter 4, he said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And that's why we say you got to press into, get past your head and get connected in your spirit and start worshiping God. Isn't that right? Because we're a spirit being, God's a spirit being, and we talk to God spirit to spirit. Amen. So by partaking of God, or that God breathed life, we take part of God's nature. And man becomes a child of God. Adam was a child of God in the garden. Isn't that right? Of course, then when he sinned, he separated himself. God did not separate himself from Adam. Adam separated himself from God. Amen. Before sin, man was ruled by his spirit as a spirit being, hearing direction and instruction from the Lord that would come and walk with him in the cool of the day. But after man sinned, then man's spirit became subjected to his senses. Because when he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was the good and evil was to determine what was good and determine what was evil based on your senses. And the spirit of man became subjected to the senses. So this is why a lot of times we say just because something feels right 
it doesn't mean it is right. There's a lot of things we feel is right, but it don't make it right. It feels right to me to eat chocolate all day long. That just fe- there's just something that feels right about that. But it's not. It's not good, right? So it's all about getting back into the position where your spirit man is in ascendancy over those senses. And to know based on your spirit. The spirit man is above your senses. It's above your reasoning. It's above your logic. It's above all of that. Because the spirit gets instruction and direction from the Lord himself. Amen. So when the seed gets deposited into you, the spirit man, then that spirit is called the soil. And the soil produces of itself. Right? And we know that from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. The soil produces of it. In fact, let's look at that. Mark, chapter 4, verse 28. Let's look at that. And he was talking about the farmer that sows a seed and goes to bed by night and gets up by day. And the seed grows how he himself, he does not know. But the soil produces crops by itself. The soil produces it. So the soil works that seed and produces after the seeds, whatever that seed is. Isn't that right? right? Okay. Now go over to Mark chapter 13 and verse 23. And he's talking about the parable of the sower. And he's talking about the one that receives the word. I'm sorry. That was wrong. It must be. Oh, I'm sorry. Matthew 13, 23. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. All right. So this man hears the word. He understands it. Where does he understand it? In his spirit. Okay. By faith, in Hebrews, it says by faith, we understand the worlds were created by the word of God. By faith, we understand that, okay? By faith, I understand that when I received Jesus into my life, the blood of Jesus washed me clean. By faith, I understand that when Jesus became Lord of my life, I was translated out of darkness and into the kingdom of light. By faith, I understand that Jesus paid the price for my sicknesses and diseases so I can walk healed and whole. By faith, I understand that he has has forgiven me of all of my iniquities of the past and any sin that I may sin today that because of being a believer I can confess my sin to the Lord and the blood of Jesus washes me clean by faith we understand all of those things now if you say how does that work I don't know I couldn't explain to you how it was that when Jesus was being lashed with that whip a, a cat of nine tails. I can't tell you how that sickness and disease got put on him to carry away. I can't tell you how that worked. But we know it by faith. Why? Because the word says so. I know that by faith that when I sow seed, it produces a harvest. I know that by faith. I understand it by faith. So why do we do the things we do? Because we understand by faith. 
because when it says here, he bears fruit and brings forth. The word bear fruit, the word bear means to become fertile. He, he hears the word and he understands it and becomes fertile. See, the soil has to be fertile. You ever try to grow a, 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 a tomato plant down at the beach? It's not going to grow. You don't have good soil. So your spirit man is going to become fertile. That's what that word bear means, to become fertile. The Greek word means to be fertile. Okay? But he doesn't only bear, but he also brings forth, which is the Greek word poieo, which means to do. So the man that understands, this is, this is important, the man that understands the word, it's not that he can quote it line upon line. It's not that he's got it all written out. Not that he's got 15,000 confessions all over his house that he says all day long or that he's got the tape player going and this is all that he ever hears. That's not the man that understands. The man that understands becomes fertile. And because of becoming fertile, it grows and he does that which he understands. And therefore, it becomes his lifestyle. Because he understands it, it's become fertile, and now he does what he knows and understands. So he hears the word, he understands it, becomes fertile in his spirit, and then action takes place in his life. Remember what Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, do the deeds that you did at first. It's the same word, poieo. Do the deeds that you did at first. You've been saved how long, and are you doing the deeds that you did at first? Are you still understanding? Are you still becoming fertile, and is it becoming operative in your life? Or have we just become a hearing post? I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. You understand what I'm saying? You know, so where am I at? And that's what we need to know. If I don't do it, I probably haven't become fertile. And if I'm not fertile, it's because I don't understand it. But that doesn't mean I'm not hearing it. You're just not hearing it where you need to hear it. Amen. And we know that everything, in fact, go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, man created in the image and likeness of God, spirit. Body, right here, physical body. The soul is the mind, the emotions, and the will. The three parts of man, three separate entities. Isn't that right? I'm sorry, not three separate entities, three separate parts. The entity is the spirit man. The spirit man possesses a soul, and the spirit of man with his soul lives inside of this physical house called the body. So when the seed of God is impregnated into our spirit, in order for it to get out into the natural realm, it has to cross the bridge of the soul. And what is the soul? The mind, the emotions, and the will, the reasoning faculties. The number one thing that will stop you from understanding the word of God 
is your reasoning faculties. The number one thing that will stop you from walking in the things of God is your reasoning faculties. Because to man, mankind, if it don't make sense to me, then it can't be right, which actually makes you your God. Because you're going to prove God based on what you think. And there's one thing that I found out through these years, that when I think something opposite of God, I'm wrong. God's been around a little longer. He's been around a long time. But I don't understand that, so I don't. Well, it's because you're in your reasoning faculties. How does a young man keep his way pure, David said? By keeping it according to his word. So if you don't keep the word, you have no chance of keeping your life right. In other words, you got to keep the word, meditate on the word. You got to know the word. You got to declare the word, speak the word to yourself in order to get your life to straighten out. How does a young man keep his way? By keeping it according to the word. If you don't keep the word, you walk out of here and forgot everything. By tomorrow morning, you forgot everything that was talked about. Well, your life will never change. Never change. You can come in here 365 days a, year, a week, uh, 365 days a year. You can come in every day. You could spend more than 16 hours a month if you wanted to in church. You can get a chair with your name on it. But you'll never change unless you take out of here and meditate on it and get it in your heart. Because if it don't get in your heart, you will not become fertile and you will not produce. Are you with me? The body possesses the five senses, which are the teachers and the educators of the brain. And there are some things about the senses that is good, like don't touch the hot iron. But, you know, when mom said don't touch the hot iron, you don't need your dumb senses to tell you, I shouldn't have touched that iron. See, because your senses are going to be like, You touch the iron and your senses tell your brain you shouldn't have done that. That's hot. So when your senses teach your brain, it's too late. By the time your senses teaches your brain, you are behind the curve. The Holy Spirit can teach you all things and you don't have to suffer the consequences with your senses till you finally you get your brain set up to realize I shouldn't have done that. Are you with me? The brain is dependent on the five senses and the body is the home of the hidden man of the heart or the spirit that has the soul intact. Well, the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit and your spirit then is to teach your brain. The spirit is the real eternal person. You will live forever. Now, where you live forever is going to be determined by the one choice you make in this life. If you make the choice that Jesus is Lord, then you will live eternally with God. But if you will not make that choice, you will live eternally in hell. Well, I don't believe that. I believe there's more than one way. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your truth is. You'll find out the lie when it's too late. This is the grace of God allowing you to make the choice. 
so you don't have to suffer the consequences. People say, well, God's such a loving God, he would never uh, let anybody go to hell. Who's the bonehead that thought that up? Oh, that's right. It was your flesh, your emotions. That's what thought that up because you don't want to make the choice. But yet God is such a loving God. He's given you your whole life to make the choice. He's given you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for how many years you live. He's given you all this time to make the choice because he loves you. And if you die without making the choice, he's not sending you to hell. You sent yourself because he sent his son 2,000 years ago before you were even a twinkle in your mother's eye. Even before there was any generations on the earth of saved people, he sent Jesus to mankind that was dead in sin to die for everybody, shed his blood and him going into hell and paying your price so you don't have to. Glory to God. That's the love of God. And he did all that so that nobody, nobody ever has to go to hell unless you choose to. Adam chose to separate from God. Never did God choose to separate from Adam. Amen. Hallelujah. The spirit is the real eternal person. The soul is eternal within the spirit. So therefore... Your spirit has within it the feelings, the emotions. If you're in heaven, you will enjoy the bliss and the joy of the presence of God. But if you're in hell, you will suffer the torment and agony in your emotions and your physical being. You still have your feelings. And the, and the story about the rich man and Lazarus shows that. Isn't that right? Now, the soul being within the spirit, is going to become totally restored. The body, the physical body, is a house that gets torn down at physical death, but then you will get a glorified body. Amen. The soul is the bridge between the spirit and the natural life. It's the go-between or the information highway. And it, and it moves information out from the spirit into the physical realm. Amen. So look at Psalm 86. Verses 11 and 12. Psalm 86. Verse 11 and 12. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all of my heart and will glorify your name forever. Okay, so... He said, unite my heart. Is he saying, unite my spirit? When he says that I will give thanks to you with all of my heart, is he saying, with all of my spirit? So can you give thanks to God with half of your spirit? Can your spirit be divided? So your heart is more than just your spirit. Your heart is your spirit and your soul. Right? Amen. So many times in the Old Testament, there's a lot of cross meanings in there depending on the usage of the word. But you can't have, you, you can't function as half a spirit. Your spirit don't have to be united. It's your heart, your spirit and your soul together. Amen? All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. 
Colossians 3.10. He says, and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. All right, put on the new self. The old man died. You made Jesus Lord of your life, and that old man died, and you became brand new, a new creature in Christ. Isn't that right? Took on a new nature, new life in Christ. Having put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. Okay, so who's being renewed to a true knowledge? Okay, so I'm being renewed into a true knowledge, right? And that knowledge is according to the image of the one who created him. So when I got born again, now I have to learn about who I am in this new self. Is that right? So the question is, how can I live out in reality for Christ what I have become spiritually in Christ? Spiritually, I became a new creature in Christ. Not soulishly, not physically. Nothing about me physically changed, unfortunately. There's nothing about my soul that changed. When I got saved, I still thought the same stupid thoughts I ever thought. I thought the same sinful thoughts I ever thought. I thought the same conniving, cunning thoughts I ever thought. And nothing changed when I got saved. I became brand new spiritually, a new creature in Christ. Isn't that right? So, in this life, the believer is continually being called upon to become in reality what he is in fact. You are in fact a new creature. But you're called on by the word of God to work this out into your life and not just be a new creature, but live a new creature. Live it in your thinking, live it, live it in your attitude, live it in your, your motives, live it in your words, live it in your actions, live it inward, live it outward, becoming what you've been made to be. In fact, I am a new creature. Does the person next to you know it? Is that right? As a new creature, I have received healing. As a new creature, I have received prosperity. As a new creature, I have received peace. I have received soundness. I've received wholeness. I've been delivered. I was made righteous. I am protected by God and held in his hand. So how do I get this that I am, in fact, spiritually, how do I get it into my life? Because you hear this from people all the time. Well, if God protected me, then well, how come I have all this problem? If God healed me, how come I'm sick? If God prospered me, how come I just can't seem to get ahead? You hear this all the time. Because there's a difference between what you've been made spiritually and what you live in. And what you have to do is hear the word of God and understand it. I have had a number of people leave the church over this COVID nonsense. All because their years in the church, they never understood mostly anything. They never put stuff together. They heard something here. They heard something there. They heard something out there. They heard something over here, but never put anything together. And heard you say one thing, but never understood the foundation of what it, why it was said. 
because they never put things together. But yet the foundation was taught, and what was said over here was taught, and what was said over there was taught, but they never put it together. Never put it together. So they never understood. So they were never fertile, and they never had experiences in the truth of the word, which means everything you teach is wrong. But you're restrained how? In your own affections. Do you understand what I'm saying? This happens all the time. Been doing this for 40 years. See it happen all the time. You got to hear it and understand it. What's the first step to understanding it? Receive it. Receive it. Well, I don't understand. I, I don't know how. It doesn't matter. Receive it. Is it the word of God? Then receive it. You know, you might sit here without a Bible and think, okay, well, at least it's up there on the screen. But I do hope that you go home and read a Bible. I do hope you go home and study something. Take notes. Hear it again. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mouth. Get it in your life. This ain't about playing church or being religious. Religious will kill you. Religion will kill you in a heartbeat. This is about life. Not works, life. Life, operating out of life, not operating out of works. Receive the word of God. I got to receive. How does a young man keep his way? By keeping it according to the word. But if I don't keep the word, well, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that because I just don't live like that. And you'll never change if you don't think about the word. And the word is a promise that the way you live can be so much better. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Receiving the seed of the word of God. And the fertile ground will expand that seed for growth. The soil will bear inwardly. The seed produces a living growth, just like plants and trees. Then it brings forth, based on the amount of bearing in the spirit, how much do you bear in the spirit? That's what it brings forth in your life, 30, 60, 100 fold. How many times do we talk about planting a financial seed and you can receive back 30, 60, 100 fold? Well, that's not a stock market thing. It's not like, well, I'm trying to, I'm going to, I need $300, so I'm going to plant 30 because 30 and that's going to get me 100, you know. No, it's how much faith you have because the parable of the sower, how many times have we said it? If you don't understand the parable of the sower, you don't understand anything. The parable of the sower talks about the man that hears the word, receives it, gets an understanding, and brings forth 30, 60, 100 fold. What's he bringing forth? He's bringing forth out of the bearing that's on the inside of him. Based on the amount of faith that grows in you, that's what will produce outside of you. See, that's putting things together. That's what brings understanding. When you study and God starts to put things together with you, for you. 
The Spirit of God, you ought to hear the Spirit of God talk to you when you're studying that word. And if you don't, you haven't pressed in. You're just a piece of flesh reading a Bible. You got to press in. You got to get in beyond that head and get into the place of the Spirit where God will talk to you. Aren't you glad you can do that? The soul is the bridge that connects the spirit realm of bearing with the natural realm of bringing forth. Many say things like, well, I believe that. I believe that healing. I, I, yeah, I believe about that prospect. I believe, yeah, I believe, but they have no harvest in their life. And one of the biggest issues is Ezekiel, Ezekiel 44. Ezekiel 44, verse 5. This is an issue. Ezekiel 44, verses five, verse 5. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, mock well, and see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the statutes of the house of the Lord and concerning all of its laws, and mock well the entrance of the house with all the exits of the sanctuary. Mark well. Mark well is defined as set your heart. Set your heart. It's not an emotional choice. Set your heart. It's decisions of the heart, which is your spirit and soul together. This is to be the point of focus in our life. Setting of the will, which is set on the word of God, which is in spirit. Mark well. God the entrances and the exits. Mark well, set your heart, keep a guard over the entrance and the exits at each end of the bridge. Jesus said it this way. Take heed to what you hear, for the standard of measure by which you hear, it will be measured back to you and more, more besides. The Amplified Bible says the measure of which you hear and give to yourself and study, it will be measured back to you in virtue and power. You have to give heed to what you hear and not let just anything cross that bridge. You need to set up a God point at the bridge and not let anything come in. I don't care if it's a friend, a relative, or who it might be. I don't care if it's mama, papa, whoever it might be. I don't care. You cannot afford to hear things that are not right and take it in. Now, you can hear it, but you got to let it roll off your back like, a like water on a duck's back. Just let it roll on by and not take it in. you got to set up a guard and protect that bridge. And don't let anything get in. Of course... The measure that you hear it, I hear it, I let it in. What are you going to do? You'll think about it. Well, the amount of thought and study that you give to what you hear, that's what's going to come back to you, good or bad, right or wrong. It'll come back to you. And we, see, we hear this all the time from people. Well, sister so-and-so, she's been in church for so long, and I don't know why they, they, they died. Well, because sister so-and-so's listening to the wrong things, meditating on the wrong things. Giving themselves to the wrong things. We don't want to think that, but that's the way it is. God, set your heart, watch and mark well the entrance and the exits. 
listen with your heart. Listen with your heart concerning the entrance of the temple and the exits of the sanctuary. Where is the temple of God? Right in me. The sanctuary, the holy of holies, in my spirit, where the spirit of God dwells. Mark well the entrance and the exits, what comes in, what goes out. This is a focused decision of spirit that goes well past the time of decision into the time of living. And again, like I said, you forget all this stuff by tomorrow, your life will never change. You could sit here and go, yeah, I hear about that marking well, but then tomorrow's like, mm, gone. Well, what was that? Parable of the sower, side of the road. Never even got to the point of having to deal with an affliction or persecution to rob the word because you just forgot it. The enemy just came right away and stole that was, was sown as a seed sown by side of the road. Everything pertains to the parable of the sower. So what are we talking about? Sober living. And I'm not talking about drinking and being drunk. I'm talking about sober living. Being watchful. Protecting. Focused. Amen. Stay with the decision regularly, daily, each passing moment. Sometimes you have to make yourself focused every moment until you get it under control. It takes a concentrated focus and paying attention to the Holy Spirit within us to lead us and guide us into this life of truth. Amen. You know, when I had uh, worked uh, in the automotive business, I worked about 40, 50 hours a week, and then I did side work on the, t on the, on the side to make extra money. Plus, I had a social life. Well, there were times that working that full-time job and doing side work wasn't enough. I needed, I needed more money. But I wasn't going to schedule any work around my social time. No. My social time was protected. So when it comes to the, the needing the money and all that, was I focused? No. What was I focused on? Social time. And guess what? Every social event cost me money. What money did it cost you? The money I needed. And every social event cost money. So I was focused on the social event, but I wasn't focused on the things I needed to be focused on. Because you got to choose the social life or the income. The TV or being in the Word. What do I need... What am I supposed to be focusing on here? What do I need to get working in my life? What is that TV going to produce in my life? It'll produce a little, oh, that was funny, and you're done. What are you focusing on? What you give your focus to, you will have strength in your life. I had a lot of strength to go out and do a lot of social things because that's what I focused on. What you give your focus to, you will have strength in your life to do it. It will produce, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, helpful, hurtful, whether it advances you or declines your life, whatever you focus on.
Fix conclusively and authoritatively. Set yourself in position at the gates. Our offensive weapon against intruders is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Things are going to try to come across that bridge. But if you are not up on the word of God and have the word of God in your heart, it's not going to come out when you need it. You'll say things like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that. Oh, that's gonna, we're not going to have that. Oh, I'm going to stop. There's no power in that. That's your soul. That's all that is is your soul. There's no power in your soul unless your soul is connected to your spirit and your spirit is connected to the word of God, being directed by the spirit of God. That's where the power is. What we allow in our eyes and in our ears are going to be the gates to the bridge. What crosses in and what comes out depends on what we allow, what we look at and what we listen to. Focus on what comes in and what we allow to go out. Whether it's right or wrong, what we allow in. If we allow right in, right will come out. If we allow wrong in, wrong will come out. Well, what's the standard for right and wrong? Not what you think, not what you feel, right. not Adam in the garden, not under the, the tree of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, not written by your senses. It's not what you think is good or evil. It's what's based on the word of God is right and wrong, good and evil. Right. Whatever we allow to come in, that's what will develop us. Yeah. And what we allow to go out is what's going to create for us. Yeah. If I let the wrong things in, the wrong things will develop in me, and then it's going to come out, and it's going to create the wrong things in my life. And my life will never change because I will not guard, focus, pay attention, and mark well the entrance and exits of the bridge. I'm going to write a book. Let me say this again. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, good, evil, whatever, whatever we allow in, will develop us, and then whatever comes out will create for us. Positive, negative, right, wrong, good, bad, based on the standard of the Word of God. Amen. Mark 4, 24. I have to hold on to your seatbelt because it's going to get good now. <laughs> This was all introduction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you like the uh, nativity set? Please don't hold it against us that we have uh, a wise man at the, at the uh, birth. Because you know the wise man didn't show up until Jesus was two years old. Because if you notice, if you read the Bible, the shepherds found him in the manger. The wise men found him in the house. Mm. Okay, where are we? Mark 4, 24. And he was saying to them, or oh, there it is right there, take care what you listen to, for by your standard of measure it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. Is your bridge open to everybody? Open borders? Or are you watchful for your bridge? Do you watch what you allow 
to enter in and to exit out. How many times have you said something and thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to grab it back. But it's out there. You've already said it. You've already put it out there. You've sown seed into it, the ground. Repentance can help to dig it up. But why did the wrong things come out? Wrong things come in. How many times do you get upset about something in your life, but you don't say anything about it? But you get upset, and you just kind of put it down. And then you have another opportunity to get upset about the same thing, maybe with the same person. And you put it down. And you do that several times to put it down. But then that last time, you just can't seem to put it down. And boom, here it comes. Why? Because you've allowed the wrong things in. You've never dealt with those things within your own self. And because you put the wrong things in, the wrong things come out. Very simple example. The Ben Campbell Johnson translation says this. It is a law of spiritual growth that if you continue to open yourself to new possibilities, they will continue to come to you. But if you close yourself to additional growth, then what you have received will be lost. I'm sorry, that was verse 25. Let's, what does it say in the New American Standard in verse 25? <coughs> Whoever has to him more shall, more shall be given. Whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. All right, spiritual growth. To him who has, more will be given, growth. But if you don't have, then even what you do have will be taken away. Very simply, the bridge is closed. The bridge is shut down. The Passion Translation says it this way, for those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation, but those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little, what little they even think they have. You gotta choose to open. You gotta choose to open the bridge. You got to choose to let thing, the things of God to come in. Yeah. You have to choose it. It's not going to be an automatic. It's not, you know, I'm sorry, you don't get it by osmosis. You know, you, sometimes we think I can just go to sleep at night and keep a tape recorder on and I'm going to get it. You're not going to get it. Why? Because it's not crossing the bridge. The bridge is sleeping. The bridge is shut down. Well, I'm getting it in my spirit. No, you're not. It's got to come across the bridge. <laughs> That would be nice. I'd be a spiritual giant. 40 years of playing the tape player every night when I go to sleep. I don't even have to pay attention. Just have the tape player on. I'm good. <laughs> no, it's got to cross the bridge. If, the, if we don't allow the, uh, come across the bridge to get in, then there's no growth. Those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. But those who do not listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. Amen. See, this is a choice. This means every time you come, you hear the word, you have to choose to open your heart to listen. And again, many say things like, well, I believe that or whatever the thing might be, but I have no natural harvest. I believe I'm a new creature. I just don't see any evidence of it. I believe in reaping. 
I don't see any evidence of it. I believe in healing. I never have any evidence about that. I believe in peace. It's just not there. What's wrong? The bridge is out. The bridge is out. The mind's not renewed. The emotions are not in line. The emotions are in control. The will is the will to obey is missing. The bridge is out. The soul has to be restored. The bridge needs repair work. You know, like any bridge, you got to have maintenance. You got to choose to set your focus and your attention to the Word of God only. Whether it's coming in, whether it's going out, you've got to pay attention. God, the entrances and the exits. The bridge is out. The heart is broken. The heart is broken. You can't divide your spirit. A divided heart is spirit and soul divided. So there's a break. The brokenhearted. You're, you're, you're disconnected. You're ununited. The spirit got restored in the new birth by being born again. The body gets restored when Jesus comes back again and you get a glorified body. The soul is restored by receiving the word of God and cultivating it in our heart. If I don't cultivate the word, it's not doing anything for my bridge. Yeah. Repairing of the bridge, uniting the heart, and being single-minded. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 6. You know the account of Nehemiah. He was building the, the walls around Jerusalem. He heard that the walls were, were torn down, and he went. The king gave him permission to go and to rebuild the walls. And uh, he had a lot of opposition in building the walls. And um, uh, he, he started to build the walls. He stood against the opposition. Uh, they started working with a sword in one hand and a, and a tool to work the wall in another hand. Or somebody was working on the wall, and there would be somebody standing next to him with a sword to protect him. You know, so there, was, there were warriors and there were builders. So they were building the wall, and they got it to a very good point here in Nehemiah 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, now, when it was reported to Sanballat, these are the bad guys, Sanballat, Tobiah, to Geshen, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall, and that no breach remained in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors in the gates. When the bridge is built, there is no breach between the spirit and the natural realm. The walls were built. There was no breach remained in it. But the gates were not yet set up. See, you can have a bridge that works good, and every bad thing that comes to you, you take it in, and you think about it, you meditate on it, and then boom, it comes out into your life. So although all bad things are working, it doesn't mean your bridge is out. Your bridge is connected. There's no breach. You got a good information highway going. I'm receiving information and I'm letting out based on what I've heard and what I've received. The only problem is it's all wrong information. But the bridge is working. There's no breach. 
But the gates, he says here, were not yet set up. The last part of closing the breach in any area of our life is setting up the gates. And how do you set up the gates where you do not neglect to have a failure to watch? Church of Sardis, the failure to watch. So you can have a bridge connected, no breach in it, connected to your spirit. Information is still free-flowing. You just need to shut the door and choose what you let in and what you let out. Be careful at what you hear. For the amount that you give to what you hear, it will come back to you. Right? When the wall was built and there was no breach, but the gates were not yet set up, it was the last chance. Look at verse 2. Sanballat Geshem sent a message to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Chepriam in the plain of Ono. But they were planning to harm me. This is the last chance for the enemy to distract you. Parable of the sower. One that heard the word just totally forgot about it, so that was just side of the road. But then there's the one that heard the word and received it, was joyful over it, but then afflictions and persecution came and stole the word. Another person heard the word and started working the word, but then they got caught up in the desires of other things and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and therefore got the word choked. Remember that? So this is the last chance now for the enemy to distract you with some type of affliction, problems in life, some type of persecution in life. Try to put in front of you a sparkly thing for the desire of something else, cares, concerns. What's he, do what's he trying to do? Sidetrack you. This is his last chance to sidetrack you. And that sidetrack can come in a form of deceit. It can come in a form of very cunning. It can also come in a form of very charming. And it can sound really friendly. But if you're living under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll fall for it every time because your emotions will lead you. But it seems so charming. But it seems so friendly. But everything looks so good. And the serpent is ready to bite you. Are you with me? It's the last chance. Oh, come, let us meet together in the plains of Ono. Don't ever go to Ono. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The bridge may be connected, but are the gates set up? You have to have the gates set up. Don't allow a failure to watch. The gate is the recognition in your spirit of what is and what is not of God. Is that of God? Is it not of God? In my spirit, I know that. I am not fooled by emotional delight, and neither am I fooled by emotional upset. Because emotions can go in either direction. And neither of them are right. Yeah. 
not pulled away by thoughts of cares or other desires. Well, I know that God, you know, I really do believe that God wanted me to go do this, but, you know, this just came up. I didn't know about it then. I know, neither did God. And now that I know about this, I can't say no to this because it's a desire for other things. Recognize what is of God and what it is that's come to bring you to oh no. Amen. God, the entrance and the exits. Keep the seed in the soil until it not only bears, but also crosses the bridge and brings forth. God, the entrance and the exits. Set up the gates. Only God's presence, God's word, the Holy Spirit, only his anointing is allowed to come in. Nothing else is allowed in. And that's the determined purpose you, you have to make. Only that's allowed in. Now I can hear stuff because there's stuff all around, but don't allow it in. You come to church, and maybe tomorrow morning you've forgotten everything that you've heard, but it's the other garbage you've been listening to you need to forget. That's what you need to forget. You need to keep the word because only that's going to keep your life. The walls, Nehemiah built the walls. Why? To protect what was there so he wouldn't lose it. If he didn't build the walls, they'd have lost the whole city. But he built the walls to protect what was there so they would not lose it. The seed bears on the inside of us. It's there, but it needs to be protected so that it can come forth. Again, Matthew 4, 25. Go ahead and throw that back up there again. But what we looked at before. Be careful what you listen to. Right? Take heed to what you hear. I'm sorry, Mark 4, 25. <laughs> 25. Mark 4, 25. For, for whoever has, to him more shall be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. It is a law of spiritual growth that if you continue to open yourself up to new possibilities, they will continue to come to you. But if you close yourself to additional growth, then what you have received will be lost. If you say, I've grown enough and this, this is good, I'm, I'm, I'm good here. I mean, I'm a lot better than where I was and I'm good here and this is good. You will lose it. When you choose not to grow anymore, you will lose what you have because it's an impossibility in life to stand still. Impossible. You're either going to move forward or you will go back. The Passion Translation. I think we do have that Passion Translation. For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. See, that's growth. 
But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. See, why do we close down? Because we think we have something. But you only think you have something. See, in listening to the word, you can have a point here, and you can say, I know that point. And you can have a point over here and say, I know that point. And you can say, well, I heard that. Yeah, I know about that there. But have you put it all together on how it all works as a foundation? Because when you realize how it gets all put together, we're understanding. That's what understanding means, put the pieces together. When you realize how you put the pieces together, you're building your life. And when do you get tired of building your life? Well, let me tell you this. The older you get, the more you need to build. The older you get, the more you need to build. Amen. Was there a time when you were more open than you are now? Just don't have to answer out loud just a question but was there a time in your christian walk from the time you got saved was there a time when you were more open than you are now here's the deceitful cunningness of the devil well you know when you first got saved you were open and everything was so new and you were just soaking it in but now you know so much and because you know so much it's, uh, you don't really have to receive like you did before. Well, that's a lie from the devil. And a lot of people have eaten it. So the question is, was there a time when you were more open than you are now? Let's go back to where we started, Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. To breathe into someone's nostrils is what happens when two people kiss. Hmm? God kissed Adam, and he came to life. God's word is God's breath. Jesus blew his breath on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The lovers of God long for the kiss of God. Instantly, every portion of Adam's being was filled with life as spirit, wind, poured into the man of clay, lying in his creator's arms. Man became a living being. His eyes opened. And the first thing he saw. Was his creator. Looking face to face. Eye to eye. The dust of the earth. And the breath of deity. Mingled together. So that Adam could interact. In both the physical and the spiritual realm. 
When was the last time God kissed you? When was the last time you stepped up to him for a kiss so that he could breathe on you? Lamentations chapter 5, verse 21. Lamentations. It's right after Jeremiah. Lamentations 5, 21. Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored and renew our days as of old. Restore us. Not restore me to the way I was or restore me to how I used to be. Restore me to you, O Lord, that we may be restored and renew our days as of old. See, that's being restored back to a beginning relationship. Why is it that possibly you were more opened than you are today? Why? It's not because of what you know. It's because you stepped away from a relationship. You used to have a greater relationship with the Lord. You were a lot closer to him. And he would breathe on you and he would kiss you and he would hold you in his arms. But then you got smart. And all of a sudden we jumped off daddy's lap. And we didn't run to him like a child anymore. And we stopped the growth. We stopped receiving revelation. And then we come to the place to where it's like, oh, yeah, I used to know that. Why? Because you lost what you had. Because you weren't growing anymore. Restored back to the beginning relationship is what will happen when we open up again to not only receive from the Lord, but to cultivate what he's put within us. The word of God, the life of God in us again, cultivating it. To do that means I cannot walk out the door and forget what I heard. I have to cultivate it. I have to start taking these things that I hear, that I receive, and cultivate it inside of me because of that relationship. Amen. And this is what I believe the Spirit of God wants to do tonight is to touch us, breathe on us, that he wants to drop a holy kiss onto us to remind you of what the relationship was and to remind you to the fact that the relationship is still there and he wants to improve it, if you'd let him. So will you let him breathe on you tonight? Will you let him put a big old kiss on you tonight and breathe into your nostrils that breath, that deity to where your eyes will open up again and see your creator? So that it won't be well, that's the way it used to be. No, it'll be, it's the way it is now. And I'm looking forward to more tomorrow. Amen.
I'd just like to pray with you. The Holy Spirit just said to lay hands on you, and he will breathe on you. And you'll see that take place, the restoration of that relationship. Now, I'm not saying that any of you have lost your salvation. I'm not saying that you're not born again. I'm saying you're not in the place you used to be. And he knows it. So there's no sense in trying to sit there and say, oh, no, that's not me. He knows it. You ought to know it. And he had me share it so you know he knows it. So if he knows it and he wants to help you in that area, then who really gives a rip about what anybody else knows? Well, I don't want to get up because then people will know. Who cares? God already knows. Yes. People's opinion is nothing. It means nothing. People's opinion means nothing. And you know you ought to start living like that, yes. that whether people approve or disapprove, it means nothing. The only thing that matters is what God says and what God approves of. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. See, he's already just starting to move right now. If you'll just open yourself up to him. Oh, Father, thank you that you never lose sight of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Breathe. Breathe. Thank you, Father. The breath of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The breath of the Lord. The breath of God. The breath of God. Mm -hmm. there, there he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The breath. The breath. The breath of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just take another breath, the breath, the breath of God. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The breath of God. Breathe. breath of God. Breathe on you. Breath. Thank you, Jesus. The breath of God. Thank you, Jesus.
good. Breath. Breath. Just let him breathe. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Restore us to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Breath of God, breathe on you. Breathe on you. Breathe. you're watching my live stream or podcast just receive that from the Lord and let him breathe on you right now right where you're at breathe on you 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sure beats laying on a surgery table. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful, Jesus. If you take these things, cultivate them in your heart, you're going to see great things taking place. You'll take these things and cultivate them in your heart. You will find a new hunger explode inside of you for the word. A new hunger to explode inside of you for fellowship with the Holy Spirit. A new hunger that will allow you to see the separation of the light and the darkness. And you will see all the things that are trying to get across your bridge and realize that you need to say no. No entrance. And life. Oh, you'll see the increase of life. Oh, Father. Mm. When I'm actually seeing, I, I can't even put it into words. It's just such a tremendous increase that takes place in life. If we'll just take these things from tonight and cultivate them in our heart. You will see great and wonderful things. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. All glory and honor to you, Jesus. Oh, we honor you, Lord. We bless your name and give you all the praise and adoration. Worthy are you, Jesus. Worthy are you, Lord Jesus. Worthy are you, King of kings and Lord of lords, our majestic King, our glorious Savior, our Lord, majesty on high. Oh, we honor you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So next month, Believers Meeting, December, is going to be setting the theme for 23. And um, with what the Lord told me, I actually have nothing on paper. I have not been able to really write it down like a laid out type plan. So it's going to be quite an interesting year. So next time you come for Believers Meeting, I may just stand up here and look at you. But we will see what the Lord will do. Because, you know, the Lord always does great things. And in fact, he says that he will do things that you do not know. So I don't worry about not knowing. I dealt with not knowing years ago. Not knowing does not bother me in the least. Because I know that when it comes time to know, then I'm going to know. So I do not worry about not knowing. I, you don't know what you don't know until you do know. So when we do know, then we know. And that's exciting. I don't know about you, but that is exciting. I mean, I, I, I used to, when I was on staff in, ch in, in church, and I was part of the rotation of the early uh, Sunday services in the church. And um, there were times that it was Saturday night, and... Uh, I had nothing from the Lord. It was my turn to teach, and I had nothing from the Lord. And, of course, I would fret about it and worry about it at first. But then I got used to not knowing. And I knew that when it came time to know, I'm going to know. And when I would set my trust on him to know, I always knew. There was times that I would sit in the front row, right, like here. I would be sitting here, let's say. And the pastor would be teaching, and he'd look at me and go, you've got something from the Lord. He said, come up to the microphone and give it. And I'm like, I have something from the Lord. And I'd be walking like this. I go, okay, Lord, I believe the man of God. He says, I've got something. So I'm looking at you to give me what I need. And as soon as I turned around to face the microphone, I had something. Because you don't worry about not knowing. Because when you need to know, you're going to know. Set your trust in the Lord. Amen. So I'm looking forward to what's coming up next year. It is going to be a great and exciting year. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Did that whet your appetite a little bit? No? Okay. <laughs> oh, Father, we love you, we adore you, we bless you. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness, Father. We thank you so much for all that you are and for all that you do. We thank you, Lord, that your eye is towards us, your arm is stretched out to us, and your ear is open to us, that we can come before you, that we can speak to you, that we can depend on you, and we can trust in you, that you always do what your word says that you do, that by your Holy Spirit, you can always lead us and guide us, that we can follow in complete confidence, knowing, knowing that it will be exactly as you have said. And we set our faith on those things. Just like in our giving, Father, we know that your word says that there's one that gives and yet increases all the more. We cannot logically figure that out. We cannot intellectually come, out, come up with a solution of, of how that works. But one thing we do know, you said it. We believe it. We have cultivated it. We have bore within. And we have, in our fertile ground, produced fruit. And therefore, it comes forth from us. And as it comes forth from us, Father, from a heart of understanding, we do what your word says, knowing exactly what the results will be, that there is one that gives, that's me, and he will increase all the more, that's me. I give and I increase, but it's not because of me, it's because of you, it's because of what you've said, it's because of what you have set in motion, and it's my faith set on what you've said so that your grace can be released on my behalf. I thank you for that, bless you, and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's an envelope on the seat back in front of you. If you need to use it for your giving. Thanks for joining us on live stream or podcast. We appreciate you being with us tonight. And I do pray that the Word of God has really touched you tonight. For me, it was rather a special night, and um, I hope it was special for you. And if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. And as we always say, if there's anything at all that we can stand in prayer with you about, please let us know. And our prayer team will be on it right away. And we always consider it an honor to stand with our partners and believe with you for your needs to be met. Amen. Amen.